This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to the ALDS Game 1 post-game show. Red Sox lose to the Rays 5 to nothing. Not a super competitive game, not a lot to be thrilled about. Joe Goddard is with us. He's gonna try to be a little optimistic, and uh, he's got some he's got some bright spots. Andrew Dwan also with us tonight to go over Game One. Gonna try to keep this episode around 25, 30 minutes. So we've been cranking them out, and we don't we don't want to be taking up an hour of your day every day. So should be a quick one. But how are you, gentlemen? You know, not as um, angry as I thought it was going to be after the first loss. So still optimistic. Definitely some things that they can build on, some things they can correct. But yeah, not not too down on this on this game yet. So I hear that the uh, the weekend show is the pessimist show. I heard that on last night's edition um, when I was listening to you, Terry. Andrew seems like he's he's kind of optimistic. I'm also a little optimistic, so th- this might be, you know, we might be making in you guys the negative show, but it's <laughs> by default. It's not on purpose. It's just by default. Um, let, let me just say one thing really quick about this game. If this was the way we lost to the Yankees, we'd, had, we'd be having a whole different conversation. If you lose 5 nothing to the Yankees with runners left on base like this, then it's the season's a failure – the Red Sox suck, and can we fire Bloom already? Because I've been asking for it since June. But because we beat the Yankees so handily on Tuesday, and you go in there with your number three guy, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Uh, there are some positives to take from this, and, and Andrew and I will break those down. Andrew, quick thoughts. You know, what happens when a, a pitcher starts off the game with a walk? It's doom usually and that's what we saw out of Erod tonight he was honestly kind of non-competitive and it was very frustrating to see especially after his last time out which was pretty encouraging and we all know he's pitching for a contract I've been pretty adamant that I want to at least offer him the QO uh tonight didn't help his cause uh but then there are bright spots yet Garrett Richards get out of you know the second, which I can't believe that Erod didn't. And then you had Pavetta throw, what, five-plus strong innings? Pavetta looked like he belonged. And that, it's never been a question of stuff with him. It's a, it's a question of command. And if that's what we're going to get, that's a bright spot for the future. But keeping on the series, what's that? Did that not bother you that Pavetta was used in that spot? No, I, I didn't mind it. Martin Perez spot. Yeah, but... 
Martin Perez could have, you know, let that game be 11 to 1 in or 11 nothing instantly. Pavetta kept him in that game and it was 3 nothing for the longest time. And the Red Sox were smoking the ball left and right. Bobby Dahlbeck was ripping the ball. The great play by the third baseman. No business for the second baseman to be where he was on his first one. He probably got robbed of three RBIs tonight easily. And then he flew out deep to the wall. Um, I no, I didn't mind Pavetta going there. I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good call at first. I was like, oh, I would have let Garrett go a little longer, but they had a chance all the way to that eighth inning. That you know, the steal home was absolute dagger. I don't know what the hell Josh Taylor was doing. That honestly, that was the most mad I've been about anything all season, and um, that was it. That that was the game at that point. You got the bases loaded in. Devers coming up. Don't mind him swinging out of his shoes, but something is wrong with him. He is he's he's hurt. Hurt. He's his hurt. right arm is dead. There's something wrong with his right arm. Cora kind of beat around the bush in his postgame presser uh, just moments ago, actually. And I I hope he's in the lineup tomorrow. I don't know if he's going to be. I don't think he will be. I don't think he will be. I think Bobby Dahlbeck is playing third base tomorrow. Um, that's something we might have to examine. We, Terry, we might be doing a pregame show. This lineup might come out with a lot of question marks. We might be doing an episode before the game even starts because there's a lot to break down here, and a lot is going to change before a must-win game two. Um, Bef- what, what were your takeaways? Well, before I give my piece, let's just get it out of the way. Perfect. Well, Autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap this fall with Manscaped? Join the 2 million men worldwide who use Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. It's time to bundle up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside the package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. If you travel a lot, that could be clutch. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Make sure make your balls a priority this fall. Choose manscaped.com and your balls will thank you. That's my first time reading that. I'm very proud of that one. You were way better than whatever my best was. So Charlie and you can hash out who which which one of you two is actually better. Oh, Char- but Charlie's voice is built for that. He's got he's got so a great I'm voice. Happy to be second. With great cadence, yeah. So I saw the game a little bit differently tonight, and I'll qualify this by saying Maybe the Red Sox perhaps weren't that bad, but the Rays were just that damn good. They came into the game. They had a game plan. They pounced right away. They had a lot of energy. Red Sox came in. They looked tentative. They didn't really look like they were amped up for a big game. I did not see that out of the Boston Red Sox. And I want to be a little frustrated with, Eduardo Rodriguez, but the bats still didn't get it done. They sprinkled out 
I think it was eight or nine hits over the course of the full nine innings. But when, when runners were on, they couldn't get them home. They did get unlucky a couple of times. Dahlbeck lined out with runners on first and second. I think that was with two outs, so they they were going to be running. And it, it was a frustrating game, and it was about what I expected. I mean, Tampa just, they have this World Series feel to them. And I just... I don't know what to say, but I didn't think the Red Sox were going to come back. And they have to strike first for the rest of the series. If they're down by four runs, they're not getting it back. They're probably not getting it back. Well, no, I agree. I, go ahead, Dan. Sorry, I was really quick. Yeah, they have to score one in the first. That That's mandatory tomorrow. I tweeted it out. They have to score at least one in the first tomorrow, and then I want them to brush Rosarena back on the first pitch of the game and then finish the inning clean. That That is – they need to strike early because that is how you beat Tampa. Tampa has the best bullpen in baseball. That's not negotiable. Uh, there are no better bullpens in the big leagues. A couple of observations from me. One – Wander Franco is going to be a problem in this division for the next 10 years. So I, I can't wait for his contract to come due. Like, what is his service time? Can we get him out of here ASAP for some trade chips that don't show up for five years? Because <laughs> well, this is going to suck. The good, news, suck. the good news, he's probably going to be out of Tampa uh, pretty soon. The bad news is he's going to be on the Montreal Rays. So um, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're screwed either way. Yeah, I would say my, my big takeaways are two. One, and, and this is obvious to anybody who watched the last postseason, but Randy Rosarina is for real. That kid lives for the spotlight. I, I would not pitch to him in a big moment. He honestly belongs on a ball club that cares about baseball, like Atlanta, Boston, New York. Uh, he doesn't belong in Tampa because they don't care about baseball down there the way that they should. Uh, my other big takeaway from this game is Rafael Devers. We know he's hurt. We watched it. Joe Stiglione was talking about it. I'm going to be honest. I synced up the radio to the broadcast. I've had enough of crappy broadcasts in the postseason. Joe Stiglione said his left wrist looked like it's that's an issue. There's no power there. I would doubt that he's in the lineup tomorrow night. So the big issue for us is, is what do we do with the lineup if Rafael Devers isn't going and J.D. Martinez is a shell of himself. We're going to have to play some guys in positions they shouldn't be, and that's how we got beat by Tampa during the season. So I'm, I'm a little nervous about going into game two in a must-win game because, make no mistakes, gentlemen, we need to win this game with Chris Sale on the bump. Well, that's the other thing. If Devers doesn't play, then J.D. can't play. Because Schwarber automatically gets moved to first. Dahlbeck gets moved to third. And, and JD plays DH, so he has to play. Well, oh, yeah, what am I saying? Yeah, well, yeah, sorry. That was my other scenario. Unless, unless, Arroyo, unless Arroyo plays. Well, they'd be severely limited. Somebody else. If, it, you, your offense would be hurting. And, yeah, and I don't know if they that, can pull this off. It's it's really, it almost upsets me. And Terry, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this because 
The one thing I didn't want from this Red Sox team in this series was excuses. If they come out of this with, oh, well, we had some injuries and at least we beat the Yankees, then I'm going to be pissed. And I've already said it. I think we're playing with house money. I was at that game on Tuesday. The fans believe in the Red Sox again. That was louder than a game in 2018 was at all. Uh It's louder than Boston has been in a long time because they realize that the Patriots are not going to win them another Super Bowl. The Bruins and Celtics are far away. And the the Red Sox are, again, uh, they're the identity of the city, the region. The the fans are behind this team. If this team comes out and does the most un-Boston-like performance and then comes out and says, well, we had some injuries, uh, we could have done better, I'm going to be pissed. Well, I've got some thoughts here on the the Devers Dahlbeck Schwarber situation. Here's here's my problem. Dahlbeck finished the season two for his last twenty one. He was zero for four in the wild card game, and tonight was zero for four. So we're looking at two for his last twenty nine. I'm not convinced he's going to be in there tomorrow night. And I don't see how you you can sit Devers. I mean, if he's 70% or better, he's playing what is basically a do-or-die game. If the Red Sox lose tomorrow, adios. Maybe they survive game three if they're lucky game four. They're not stringing together three in a row. So Devers is going to be in the lineup if he's at least 70%. If JD's in there, he's going to DH, obviously. They're not going to put him in the outfield on that ankle. And I think they're going to pick Schwarber over over Dahlbeck. Schwarber was two for four tonight. So Here's my situation. If, if J.D. could play the outfield, they probably D.H. Rafi Devers with, with this injury in a must-win game. But I firmly believe, and I, I hope this is the case, that Rafael Devers is going to be on the Red Sox for a long, long time. And so, to me, they, they won't play him at less than 100%. JD, they might play at less than 100% because they know he's going to opt out and somebody's going to pay him stupid money. Or he's going to opt in and then it's a win-win because we're okay with his contract. So if he doesn't play and he's hurt and he can't get a good contract in the offseason, that's fine by the Red Sox. But if Rafi Devers can't play and you and you lose, a lot of questions to be answered. Andrew. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be around 11 a.m. tomorrow when we find things out. I mean, everything flares up overnight. Uh, He's obviously probably going to go for treatment ASAP. He's probably in treatment right now. I Sock stats on Twitter pinpointed when he started wearing that. Um, He had that tape on his arm. Started September 25th, and then – he really unloaded on a Garrett Cole fastball that he pointed out. It was either him or Lou pointing that out uh, the other night. And he came up wincing and then took a couple walks after that, really wasn't swinging. So I, this could be troublesome. I hope he's not hurt because that would really suck. Um, I don't think they'll use it as an excuse because I agree. I mean, they're the underdogs in all this. Throw payroll out the window that doesn't matter um they are the underdogs in this series and i at the end of the day tomorrow comes down to chris sale it comes down to chris sale 
Because you're going to have all hands on deck tomorrow because they can't get down to nothing. So if they have a lead, you're going to see Chris Sale. You're going to see Tanner Houck. You're going to see Garrett Whitlock. You're going to see the best pitching that this Red Sox team has to offer. So I'm more worried about squeaking through two runs because in theory, that's all it should take tomorrow. Two runs? (laughs) If you have... All those three guys, if you have Sale, Hauk, and uh, Whitlock at full capacity pitching to what they're capable of doing, they can shut a lineup down. If it were up to me, and, and this is a an ice-cold take and a 100% uh, switcheroo from what I was saying two weeks ago, I wouldn't pr- pitch Chris Sale in this game. I would pitch Nathan Evaldi. On short rest, and go get a win. I don't think you can do that. They they won't do it, but it would be what I would do. Derek Lowe did it in 2007, and he's like the fourth hero of the ALCS behind Schilling and Ortiz and Ramirez. But if it were me, and I'm Cora, Nathan Ovaldi's going out there for four innings at least tomorrow. Because we can't wait to get home. We need a win. On short rest, Nathan Ovaldi can give you four innings. He can. And he's dominant right now. So That's only that's three days, I though. I, three that's... days rest. It's as short as it well, gets. I mean, but I give, it would be his bullpen. Lowe was 0-4. But he, he also relieved. He got tossed out of the rotation that, that postseason. But what I'm talking about is when Lowe came in in game seven or game six of the ALCS right there on three days of rest and pitched a gem when everybody else in the bullpen was spent. And I'm not asking for that, but we know Evaldi would be scheduled to throw a bullpen session tomorrow anyway. I would throw Nathan Evaldi tomorrow and Chris Sale on Monday because if you lose tomorrow, this season is over. It is. I'm, I'm sorry. Like that's that's the way it works. You got to take one in Tampa, bring it back to Boston, and take two of three. That's that's how you win ALDS series. Chris Sale faced the Rays early in September. Uh, first appearance against the Rays was September first. Six innings, six hits, two earned runs, walked two, only struck out three. Five days later, he faced them again on September sixth. Only lasted three and two-thirds, gave up ten hits, got slapped around. Was only charged for one earned run, but gave up five. Walked one, struck out six. I don't feel good about Chris Sale tomorrow. I don't think he's in a good place right now. He's got... He hasn't really been dialed in all season. He's just been laboring, just kind of searching for it. And in a big game, 162 against a team that's not very good, he only lasted two and a third. So I'm, I don't feel great about it. I really don't. And I would have preferred that Nick Pavetta started that game. And Pavetta pitched well tonight. He, he gave us a chance to get back in it if we could string the hits together. Unfortunately, we could not do that. I would have started him in game two because Pavetta... This season against the Rays, 299 ERA, and it would be much lower if he didn't get dinged for four earned runs in what ended up being his fourth and final start against the Rays this year in the regular season. So, 
Chris Sale is going to have to literally show us something that he hasn't shown us yet. And well, here's the thing, Terry, on Chris Sale, right? He's a lefty. And we know the two best hitters in the lineup for the Rays are lefties who don't handle left-handed pitching well. He talked about it on the weekend show, so I don't want to rehash it too much. But Lowe and Meadows can't hit left-handed pitching the way they hit right-handed pitching. Because I think Lowe might be one of, if not the best hitter in the division against right-handed pitching. But to me, the, the big piece with Chris Sale is I don't think he has the longevity. At this point, coming back off, off his injury, we have yet to see him go 100 pitches. We have yet to see him go six innings. And that's what we need tomorrow if we're going to throw Chris Sale out there. If Chris Sale is going to go out there and be your opener, I'm okay with that. But you can't do that because you burned Pavetta and Erod and Richards today. So you don't have a guy who can go out and give you four tomorrow unless it's Martin Perez. And if it's Sale to Martin Perez, the Red Sox are done. Well, it's going to be Chris Sale. And I I, I get the optics like you, you kind of have to pitch him in a big game. That's who he is. That's what he's being paid to do, basically. My optimism is just... Not very high with him. I don't even know if Chris Sale's an ace anymore. He He's probably a number two at this point in his career, and he's going to have to reinvent himself to some degree. because he- I think I, I'm a little more optimistic on that. I think he, a full offseason of regular workouts at a legit facility and not like a, a mound in his backyard in Texas or wherever he was, I think that's going to do him wonders. He can get back on a lifting plan. This has just been so messed up for all these pitchers that have like tried to come back. And we saw that with Siebel too. His velocity was down to like 89 when he was usually 95. Um, I, I, I have no reservations about sale going into next year though. Um, I, I think he still has it. I think the pitcher is there. I just, this is one of those just recovery periods and it, he got a late start. It's not like he came back fresh uh, off an off season, which sucks um, or else we might be looking at a whole different picture. He's got to find a way to finish guys off because he's he not does. doing yeah. it. Yeah. He's Agreed. not doing it. Here's my, my take for tomorrow. And this is the entire season rides on this. Can Chris sale get through the order twice? That's it. I don't need him to be the Chris sale of old. We don't need that. We have arms in the bullpen like Garrett Whitlock and Taylor, I think, is going to be available again tomorrow. Richards is probably available again tomorrow. Uh, I think we have arms to get through this game. I just don't want two innings of Chris Sale the way that we saw two innings of Garrett Cole on Tuesday and then patch together from there because I'll tell you what, if that's the case, the Rays are going to beat us. We can't play the bullpen game with the Tampa Bay Rays. Do we? So here's my thought. If you got an early lead and you get five innings out of, uh, Jesus, um, Chris Sale, then I think you go two with, uh, with Hauk and two with Whitlock. I think that's your recipe tomorrow. And I would feel very confident about those, uh, those three arms and that. I can't even imagine what those hitters would have to like even face going from sale to Hauk. 
It just it fails in the middle with the again. slider going the opposite direction. It, it is the same slider. I mean, for all intents and yeah. purposes, they throw a slider with the same amount of movement just from the other side of the plate. As a switch hitter, imagine that, right? I mean, that's crazy. Um, but what I would try to do if I'm Alex Cora is get through the lineup twice with Chris Sale, and from there, you're giving the ball to your, your big guns, which right now is, is Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Houck. So I agree with Andrew. That's the path to victory tomorrow. But what worries me most is this lineup. I am really worried about Rafael Devers. He very clearly tonight did not have it, especially, you know, in the first inning, he swung through a ball trying to hit it to the moon that you normally see Rafael Devers drive into the gap for a double in nine times out of ten. Fastball, right middle in, could have barreled that up most times. And instead, his, his one-hand attempt at it just – doesn't give it justice and he strikes out and then you move forward later in the game he's very clearly laboring i i just don't know where you go from there he is your best player anyone who says otherwise doesn't watch the 2021 red sox they attacked devers all night long with fastballs and i expect nothing different tomorrow he's just going to get attacked with fastballs and after Houston exposed that earlier in the year, that he was sitting on off-speed stuff, Tampa followed suit, and, and they just gave him a steady diet of fastballs. So we're talking about a lot of pitching. We have to hit tomorrow. I want to see a team that shows up, that's amped up, and I don't want to see all or nothing. I just want to see good contact hitting. And well, that's what we saw today, Terry, and it, it just didn't get it done. Well, I mean, some of those guys were swinging for the fences. I mean, there were there were a number of balls that went out close to the warning track, and we have to hit. We have to be a different team. And the one thing I hope more than anything is that Alex Cora was as embarrassed as he's ever done as he's ever been in his career outside of the scandal, obviously. But as far as in-game management, as embarrassed as he's ever been when a Rosarena stole home on him, because that was the exclamation point tonight. That's That was the, ha-ha, we're better than you. We're going to do whatever we want, and we're going to win this series, and we're going to the ALCS. I, I think that's what Tampa was – I that was the message. So I want to see, I want to see a different team with more urgency and – a more competitive edge. So now here's my question for tomorrow night before I give my final thoughts. Do the two of you think that Shane Baz tomorrow night is an opener or a starter? I think he's a starter. Yeah. I think he has to be. What his we went over it last night, but I think his last two outings went five innings. They were pretty good outings, so I, I don't see why he's not gonna so here's Here's why I say this. He went five against Toronto, two hits, two earned runs. That right there is a dominant lineup, and he's given up two hits. If the if the if the Toronto Blue Jays can only get two hits off him, the Red Sox aren't going to do much better. Miami, that's an easy game, right? We we expect that that to be an easy game. Struck out nine, Three hits, I think. One walk, struck out nine. Yeah. But then against New York, only two and two thirds innings pitched, one hit, one run. Two walks, three strikeouts. And that was his MLB debut, though. So I, it, so my, my question is this. 
do you think that they plan on him going in there for five? Or do they also know? And I, I think Cash is smart enough to know this for the Rays could put the series away. Like, I think they could go for broke tonight or tomorrow night. And they could bring in guys who normally are late-inning relievers in the fifth, sixth, seventh innings because that's what Cash does. They bring in guys in any situation who are their high-leverage guys. And the Red Sox tonight failed to hit with two outs. They put a lot of balls in play that were weak ground balls. They hit balls right at fielders. I, I love to see the only five strikeouts. It's a season low for them. Um, but putting balls in play isn't going to be enough. you got to put balls in play with guys on base. And the Red Sox didn't do that tonight. So the way that I would go about this is go very lefty heavy at the top of the lineup. My lineup tomorrow, my lineup card would be similar to the Yankees game. I want Schwarber hitting first. I want Kike hitting second. I want Devers third. And I might even go with another lefty hitting fourth. I might even put Verdugo fourth. Because I think you're only going to get two times through the order from Shane Baz, and then you're going to get some righty power pitchers. Because that's what they have on this team. So play to your strengths, but also play to the opponent's weaknesses. Take away those nasty curveballs and sliders as much as you can by going lefty heavy. Well, thanks a lot, Heim Bloom, for robbing the Pittsburgh Pirates and getting Shane Baz as a player to be named later. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I, hope he's, I hope he's robbing everybody blind right now for the Boston Red Sox. And in two years, when he doesn't have a job anymore, the Red Sox are dominant. Yeah. Well, Shane Baz is their number one overall prospect, according to MLB whatever. Uh, That's because Wander Franco is currently an all-star caliber player. Right. Like their farm system is is ideal. When I when I looked him up last night to do the preview, I was expecting him to be the 11th or 12th ranked guy. And I'm like, oops, he's number one. And even if he was the 11th or 12th ranked guy, those young guys that we've never seen before, those are the guys who shut us down. And I do not feel good about game two. I'll, I will be very pleasantly surprised if we pull it out, and I hope we do. I hope Chris Sale shows us, like I said a few minutes ago, something that he hasn't shown us yet. I hope he finishes some of these guys off. And then, like Andrew said, I'm, I'm 100% convinced Houck is coming in. And then whether Cora likes Whitlock against this lineup, I mean, that, that sounds good to me, but um, I'm, I'm pretty well, so now, concerned. Here's the... Here's the good thing about facing Shane Baz tomorrow night, who's a right-handed pitcher. He throws hard, 97 miles an hour, not good. But his curveball is bad. His changeup is terrible. His changeup is one of the worst changeups in the minor leagues. Um, it's graded out as a, as a 50. Um, so Andrew can tell you more about how, how the grades work. Um, for you know MLB.com prospects, uh, but, but his changeup is not good. His slider is good, but his curveball is not. So if you have a lot of lefties in there, they can lay off the slider. We know we can hit off-speed pitches. We just need to to pick right, and for all intents and purposes, he has two good pitches: fastball, slider. Well, he had a we should be okay. ERA just literally a tick over two in 17 starts this season in the minor leagues. So he's had a decent year, and his 
in a small sample size, his MLB ERA is basically the same, just barely over two. So I, I think they're going to have a, a good game plan with him. And I just want this Red Sox lineup to show up tomorrow night, not take no for an answer, give Chris Sale a little bit of a cushion early on, and then maybe we can make a series out of it. I think if we win tomorrow, then we're in good shape. That's kind of the way I look at it. Is, And this sounds like I'm playing both sides of the fence, and it's because I am. So for all our listeners who are like, well, make up your, your friggin' mind, if we win tomorrow, I think we're winning the series. Because I don't think we're going to lose behind Nathan Avaldi. And I... I don't see us dropping two of three at home. So if we win tomorrow, we win the series. And if we lose tomorrow, we're getting swept <laughs> or losing in four games. Well, so it's brutal. Yeah. I'll keep it quick too. Cause I know we're pressed here, but I had them losing tonight and I had them winning game twos and two and three. So that is where I stand on the series. And I give my full faith to Chris sale. <laughs> Well, all right, we'll, uh, we'll wrap on that and be back again immediately after the game to do some more uh, post-game. Everybody have a good day. Take care.